I think it's really important to not set those limits on yourself because they're not true. You don't have to have everything figured out right now and you're allowed to change your mind. That is a huge message that I would share with people time and time again is that you are allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to change job positions. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Change is inevitable because it is allied with time and irresistible force. For those in pharmacy, one of the biggest changes you can go through has to do with your job, be it from graduating pharmacy school to getting a full-time pharmacy job for the first time, transitioning from full-time to part-time, making a leap from residency to a full-time job, or completely changing your job from one full-time into another, especially if it's in a different niche of pharmacy. Who better to learn the ins and outs of this potentially overwhelming time than a pharmacist who just took this leap herself? Even more, she's a recent graduate of pharmacy school, so she's going to bring to the table how to transition from pharmacy school to full-time and what things to look for when you're trying to make that decision of whether or not to change your job from one area of pharmacy to another. That's why I'm really excited to bring to you guys Dr. Nicole Zimmerman, who graduated from St. John's University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences in Queens, New York in May of 2017. While in school, she practiced as a pharmacy intern at a children's hospital for three years, and post-grad, she worked as a pharmacist in a medical marijuana dispensary and in an outpatient long-term care community pharmacy. Now, She currently is enrolled in a one-year fellowship program at the James J. Peters VA Medical Center in Bronx, New York. The fellowship emphasizes primarily on palliative care and pain management. She's trying to gain as much experience as she can in pharmacy, but also has a passion for nutrition and mental health. She would eventually love to pursue her own path into a practice that melds these two together. She plans on enrolling in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition next year and hopefully will have her own health coaching business down the road. Dr. Nicole, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. And this is your first podcast. Is that right? Yes, this is my first podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! So you're making all the big moves, then in 2018 big and starting 2019 big too. I'm trying. That's the goal. (laughs) Amen. So with pharmacy, you know, there's a lot of hats. We juggle a lot of things that can really stress us out. But having a job or changing your job is really one of the biggest things we can go through as a pharmacist. 
And with you just going through this change, I think that will really help not only pharmacy students who are looking to get their first job in pharmacy, but pharmacists who might have been working a job for several years or months, and they don't really feel fulfilled or the job didn't turn out to be what they thought it was. So they're considering making a change, but with change, there's a lot of things to consider. So that's why I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because it's a very big stress topic that you've gone through successfully, both graduating pharmacy school recently and making a job change. So I'm really excited to have you on and for you to share what that looked like. So thank you for your time and being here. And I just wanted to just offer it for you to share your story of when you graduated the job that you went into what that looked like and what happened so that you didn't feel like that was the place to stay in, but you started to look at other options to pursue in your career. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I actually like to talk about because everyone sort of has a plan or their one-year vision of coming out of pharmacy school, and this definitely was not it, Um, but it definitely was a journey, and I learned a lot along the way. So I graduated in May of 2017, and um, I had gotten licensed around July of that year, and I didn't start working until January of 2018. Mm -hmm. And once I started working, I have worked three different jobs in 2018. So I worked in a children's hospital as a student, as a pharmacy intern for three years. And I loved it. I really found that with that job and with my clinical rotations in pharmacy school, I just really have a niche in the inpatient hospital setting. Mm -hmm. I love the community setting. I still currently work in the community setting. But there are pros and cons just like any place you work. But my heart is really in the hospital setting. So the children's hospital that I used to work in, they weren't hiring for a pharmacist at the time that I had graduated. And the distance between where it was and where I lived wasn't exactly ideal for me. The commute was really long and tiring. And between the hours I would have to work, it just wasn't ideal for me. So I parted ways with them after I had worked for three years. And my only focus at the time was really just finding a job mm-hmm. anywhere. I realized that student loans weren't going to pay for themselves and I needed a rest. <laughs> I mean, <Dang> it. <laughs> we all know this. And I was like, you know, let me just get the experience now and then sort of worry about my dream job a little bit down the road. So when I graduated, I had a lot of peers that went into residency and fellowship programs and a lot of them were super excited about it and, you know, really had their hearts set on it. I was not one of those people. I had nothing against residencies or fellowships at the time. It just didn't really match with what my goals were then. Mm -hmm. And I was part of the group of people that were sort of like, let me just come out of school, start working, start getting paid. So it was just never really on my mind. I didn't even go to the mid-year convention. I had no interest in it whatsoever. But my friends did. And they would tell me about their programs and how happy they were there. And I was sort of like, that's good. Like, I'm really happy for you. But I still had no interest in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was sort of in that place where I was just like applying to 
any place that I could, even if I wasn't the most eligible candidate, because I found that places were, you know, super competitive and everyone wanted to work there, like the big hospitals in the city or other places would want like 10 plus years of previous pharmacy experience, which I didn't have as a new grad. So I would fill out maybe like five to eight applications a day for a solid like three months. Wow. Yeah. So in January, I got a call from a medical marijuana dispensary and I was like super shocked to get the call. I was like, first of all, I didn't even know that a pharmacist could work in this type of place. And when the application had come up on my Indeed alerts, I was like, what? Um, But I started working there and I was there for maybe six months. So that could be a whole nother topic (laughs) for a podcast some point down the road, the whole medical marijuana situation and its utility in healthcare and the ins and outs and all that, because it was a really, really interesting place to work. And I did see that these products really helped people. So that was just a really cool, interesting, totally different place to work. And I had so many friends and peers who were like, what? That's like such a sick job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was, it was very interesting, but I was sort of in a place about six months down the road where I was like, this is great. And it was high volume and definitely fast paced, but less stressful than I would think in other community settings where you're like on the phone with insurance companies and doctor's offices. It wasn't that kind of vibe. So I would say it was more chill than other places to work. But my concern was as a new grad, I had all this stuff from school, all this knowledge from school for quote unquote regular pharmacy in my head. And I wasn't utilizing it in practice. I was kind of sort of mainly dealing with strictly medical marijuana products. And I didn't want to lose everything that I had learned in school, you know, I have someone say, Oh, Hey, what's Symbisatin? And be like, what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? So I started looking in other places in the hopes that maybe I could sort of bridge the medical marijuana clinic and a different branch of pharmacy because I really did like it so much, but it just didn't end up working out that way. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten an offer from a place that I currently still moonlight at right now, the outpatient community pharmacy that specializes in long-term care. And this is the sister pharmacy of the community pharmacy that I've been working in since I was 16 years old. So I have roots there. And, you know, that part is really great because, you know, I know all the staff. I know all the pharmacists. I work really well with the techs because I worked with them before. So I made that change in about, I would say, June. And I was there for about three months. And, you know, sort of the same thing happened. It's sort of... I think it has a lot to do with your personality or just sort of the way you work. Once I sort of get comfortable and regimented, but I sort of feel like it's very mundane and routine, I sort of start itching for doing something different because I went into pharmacy 
for that challenge because healthcare and drugs and everything is rapidly changing all the time and it right. keeps you on your toes and you're always learning. That's an and, understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're always learning whether or not you actually want to. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, I was very happy there. I loved the environment I was in. I loved my coworkers, but I still didn't really feel fulfilled. I was like, you know what? As great as this is, I feel like I could be doing more interacting. Um, and then my head sort of went into, again, I need to get into a hospital. I need to go onto floors. I need to do rounds. I need to, you know, see 60 patient charts from the ICU to the NICU to the SICU to everything. Um, so I was reapplying to hospitals during this three-month interim. And I eventually got two different offers at the same time. One of the offers was from this hospital that I actually really, really loved. They were about 40 minutes north of me, fairly easy, but still long drive. They offered an incredible starting salary. The catch for me was that it was an overnight pharmacist position where I would be the only person, the only pharmacist on with one technician. Mm. And, you know, I kind of had to sort of weigh my options at that point. So that was probably the biggest con for me where it was like, okay, I'm a newly graduated pharmacist. I really don't have a lot of experience. What if something major happens and there's a code or someone's in the ED crashing and I have to respond to it or make something really quick and make sure everything is right? That's a really scary thing to be in. I think for anyone, no matter how seasoned you are, especially as a new grad, you're like, I just got my license and I don't intend on losing it, you know? Um, So that was one option for me. Another option that was sort of just really, really left field was the program that I'm currently in now. So it's kind of funny. The, The VA hospital, a colleague of mine that I graduated with, he is currently doing his PGY2 residency there. And he caught wind of this fellowship. And one night, like a few months ago, he and a couple of other friends that we had all graduated pharmacy school with were out. And, you know, everyone was talking about their residency programs and things like that. And another one of my friends who also did not go into residency at the time and I were sort of just casually throwing it out there like, oh, maybe eventually we'll look into doing a residency or a fellowship because, you know, everyone wants, you know, to be a quote unquote clinical pharmacist. Everyone wants to be a hotshot pharmacist in the hospital nowadays. And, you know, even just being a staff pharmacist in any hospital, a lot of places are competitive now with the hiring process and they want you to have some sort of residency or fellowship or some sort of edge to be hired. So a very casual comment thrown in on one social night out and that was pretty much it. I turn around and a few months later, my friend is like, hey, so I remember that one time that you had said that you wanted to possibly do a residency or fellowship. Have I got an opportunity for you? And uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what is it? 
So he gives me information for this fellowship. Um, it would be at the same VA hospital that he's in. So I, I would be serving the veteran population. Um, and it was an interdisciplinary fellowship program, meaning that I would be the pharmacist on a team of MD fellows, a nurse practitioner fellow, and a social work fellow that's overseen by an attending physician. So I was like, okay, like that sounds really cool. And that's something that, you know, I could really do because I like to interact with people. I like to learn from doctors and nurse practitioners and social workers and, you know, getting to interact with patients and sort of help make a decision. Like, I'm really into that. And he's like, okay, that's cool. It's going to be a palliative care fellowship. So I was like, hmm, okay. So at least in my pharmacy school, we never really learned anything about palliative medicine. That was sort of something that was touched on in like our second year philosophy class, like end of life care, mm -hmm. ethics, you know, all those things surrounding that. But there was never really anything like treatments in palliative, you know, medicine. Right. So, so totally a new field for you with, with no real insight. Completely. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> so the thing that sort of got me was I, you know, I would be dealing with essentially terminally ill and or dying patients. And I'm a very emotional person. So I was like, oh man, can I even do this? Like, <laughs> am I going to cry every day? So, you know, the thing with the fellowship is that it's for a year. I started in September and I will be finished next September and three months out of the 12 month calendar year, you would be doing offsite rotations at the affiliated hospitals and healthcare organizations that the VA is contracted with. So I was like, okay, like a little bit of variety, mix it up. Like that could be really cool. And at the same time, I would be learning something completely different from what I already know. The biggest catch for this option was a huge cut in salary because yes. I would be working essentially as a trainee. So I was like, hmm, okay, one is a great hospital, great pay, great benefits, great position, honestly, really, but I would be by myself. And I don't know if I can handle the stress of that at this point in time. Mm -hmm. The second option was doing something completely new that I have never done before in a field of medicine that I had no prior experience in whatsoever and taking a huge pay cut. So to say this option was easy would be a complete, the choice was easy rather would be a total lie. It was not easy. I kind of grappled with it for like three days. I was like calling everyone I knew, like my mom, my other pharmacy friends. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm like, I'm like, if I pick one or the other, is it going to be like a huge mistake? Um, so, you know, it was a big deal for me because with either choice, I would be stepping out of my comfort zone. Right. And it was sort of like, in what way did I want to step out of my comfort zone? So ultimately, if you couldn't guess by now, mm -hmm. I went with the fellowship. And I did this because, you know, I, in my head, I was like, it's only a year. 
So I could either use that to my advantage and learn a lot and grow a lot as a professional in a year. Or if I ended up really, really hating it, I would only have to stick it out for a year. So that was number one. Number two was the attraction that this field, the field of palliative care, was so foreign to me, but so intriguing because when you think about it, it's like, you know, why isn't there more of an emphasis on comfort measures and symptom management and pain control in people who really need it? People who are dying of, you know, stage four super progressive cancers or, you know, all these other comorbidities, you know, how come we don't talk about that more often? We, we talk about, you know, other disease states with more regimented, you know, treatment plans. We don't talk about end of life care. So that was a really attractive factor to me. The third thing is that I figured regardless of whether I loved it or hated it, it would be, it would still be a huge learning opportunity for me and something that, you know, honestly, it would look really good on a resume. And it's something that says, you know, hey, I didn't have this thought in my head when I came out of pharmacy school. I worked in other places before. I got experience in other places. And now I'm getting experience doing something else. So that's why I decided to take the fellowship program and leave working full-time at the long-term care pharmacy. That's sort of the timeline of everything. So I really went in, in a whole year, I've been in three completely different places and I had to switch gears and sort of adapt to a different environment every time. Wow. Well, that's an amazing story. So first off, congratulations on making that hard decision. Um, they Thank say you. <laughs> the best things in life aren't easy and you know, changing your, your whole career with all those different facets is definitely hard and a huge decision, like you said. So congratulations on that. And being in palliative care, like you have to have a big heart to do that. And knowing you for the years that I have, I know without a doubt that you have the heart to handle that. Because you've got to you've got to do that job with love and compassion, and that's just one of your skill sets and assets. So, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it, it's the truth. Like I, I've worked with you for a couple years with the RX for Success group, and I, I see that. Like that's one of your driving things. And even looking back at, at your own experiences, you love working with kids. You love the community because that patient interaction. That's such a huge focus for you in your career and what you look to do. So in your story that you shared, you, you highlighted some really great points for people listening to this who are considering making a career change or just graduating, getting ready to graduate pharmacy school and you know, they're considering a couple job options or doing the residency. So the, the main thing that you said that I think people really need to take a look at is you have to know yourself. You have to have that awareness of what you're going to enjoy and the environment specifically that you're going to thrive in. You you know me, and if you're listening, you've probably been following me for a while on social. Uh, So you know I'm a very dynamic, very high-energy person. Could you imagine me working a desk job? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, and I know that too, like pretty loud and clear, and I think my text can, can voice that too. So that's, that's important because if I, you know, took this gamble and worked in a, in a desk job based pharmacy practice, 
I would not thrive. Probably in less than a day, I'd be ready to get the F out of there because I'd be so bored because I love people. I love the balance of business and psychology and pharmacy and counseling and all those things. So having that self-awareness, I think, is the biggest component to long-term success and, and choosing a job or just niche in pharmacy that you're going to feel comfortable in. And that's something that, that you realized is you need that interaction. You want that challenge of growing, of learning. And what's really cool with your fellowship is it's interprofessional. So you're working with other professions and learning about them and how they and you can all work collectively together for the benefit of the patient and their care. So I think that's tremendous. And, and a huge takeaway point from your story is really focus on that self-awareness. What type of environment will you really thrive in? Because once you identify that, um, I know a lot of people when they graduate, they, they feel stressed and overwhelmed because they don't know what job they want to do or they don't know their ideal job. But I think part of the process that makes that easier is knowing what type of job you do not want because that way you can eliminate what you would suffer in and you can have more focus on things that you would actually enjoy, uh, which is something that you did. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I once heard or saw some sort of saying that had to do with if you're presented with two options and you're undecided and you think about, you know, flipping a coin, what option are you secretly hoping that, you know, lands heads up on? You know what I mean? It's like, because at the end of the day, even if you're really torn and undecided, there's still a little piece of you, I think, that secretly kind of hoping for or expecting one choice over another or one choice that would be more disappointing to get than the other. So, you know, looking at your pros and cons and sort of measuring up about what's important to you right now, mm-hmm. that really will help in making a decision. Absolutely. That, that's like uh, if you're asking your girlfriend, like, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. Just pick a place. And you're like, okay, let's go here. <laughs> oh, but I really wanted to go to the Sizzler. <laughs> exactly. If you have to look at it like that, then by all means, look at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a huge point. Is And I like what you said there about which, which option do you secretly hope for? Because whether or not that's like a deciding, a decided like absolutely yes, for some reason, you're leaning towards that option. So explore that. Make make a list of you know what are the pros and cons, just like you did when you were considering you know the job or the fellowship. Looking at what are the benefits, what are the mind, the drawbacks or sacrifices you'll have to make. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy-to-read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU. The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. The other thing that I think is so profound that you said in your story is that you took a pay cut for long-term success. 
So that's one of the biggest things, not just in pharmacy, but in our generation, that, that's literally our biggest weakness is playing the short game and looking for that instant gratification. Technology isn't to blame, but it's definitely part of our culture. Look at, you know, every place now has a drive-through, instant delivery, like Amazon is looking at same-day delivery because we want that instant yes delivery service, right? So yeah, when, it comes absolutely. To, when it comes to career options and, you know, putting in the work, we're conditioned to that through our culture and through technology. So that's part of our generation's flaw is that desire for instant gratification. But if you put aside that and look at the long game, especially going back to the pharmacy context, just like you said, it's becoming very competitive where a lot of places want either residency or five, 10 years experience. So when you look at it as, just like you said, what's going to look better on my resume, not, not necessarily like paper look good, but going to set you up with those skills that will help market you in more areas should you decide to change or should a really cool opportunity come up down the road. Because not many people are going to have medical marijuana dispensary experience, but that field is exploding at an exponential rate. So if you have that like you do, that's going to make you marketable in a lot of options. Like you said, bridging the gap in a practice that doesn't have that knowledge or experience. You can bring that, you can provide that value. And now you're looking at a fellowship, which, you know, it's a year pay cut, but I love the perspective that you shared in that, you know, it's only a year or it's just a year, like whichever way you look at it, it's still just a year. So the worst case scenario is you learn a ton in that year and then you move on. Best case, you know, you learn a ton, you love it and you stay. I mean, you win either way. They say you win win or you learn. So it's really, you're winning. So I think that's an important point to look at when you're making this decision of either, you know, picking a job or switching a job is, are you going to base that decision on the short-term satisfaction and possibly sacrificing long-term satisfaction? Or are you looking at what's the long game? And always, if you play the long game and focus on that delivering of value, that's when you're always going to win. So I think those two points that you made in making this decision are really profound. And if you're listening to this in either of those situations, graduating school, looking at your first job, or in a job that you're looking to transition out of, I think uh, those two points that you shared, Nicole, are really going to help you in making a decision that you won't regret. And maybe even, like you said, with your position, get something that you didn't even expect, like unexpected blessing. Exactly. I know younger people in pharmacy school right now that are sort of in that struggle where it's like they feel a pressure to, you know, do residency or a fellowship or do I take this offer from CBS? But I hate CBS, but I won't have a job if I don't take it. There is this, and I kind of felt it too. There's this sort of expectation that I think we could sort of put on ourselves as students that we have to have our lives laid out. We have to have our career choices picked out and ready to go you know, once we come out of pharmacy school. And that's not the case at all. And I tell those students, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out right now. If you take this offer from CVS, you don't have to stay. If you can't, you know, find a job right off the bat, you don't have to settle. If you're not ready to do a residency or a fellowship right now, you don't have to. We sort of feel like, Everyone is forcing us to do one thing or another or to choose one way or another. But in reality, that's not the case. And like you had touched on also, in order to be fulfilled and 
do this job for the rest of your life. You have to go with your gut, go with what is enticing or exciting or what's going to keep you learning and growing. And then your job isn't going to be such a drag day to day. So I think it's really important to not set those limits on yourself because they're not true. You don't have to have everything figured out right now and you're allowed to change your mind. That is a huge message that I would share with people time and time again is that you are allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to change job positions. You know, I was so nervous about what people would think coming out of a job that I've only had for three months or six months. You know, it seems so fast and I haven't had time to establish myself. But as I found with the next employer and even the employer that I was leaving in between those stages, they were like, you're doing a good thing. Like, like you're doing what you need to do to evolve yourself and get ahead and eventually land your dream job whenever and wherever that may be. So if you have to make the leap and, you know, cut out three months early, then that's what you got to do. As long as you leave in good graces on good terms and, you know, give the proper respect and time for them to replace you, then it's all good. That's such good advice, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that. It's liberating. And it's really funny because I've heard these outcomes from so many people in your situation. They, they made up their mind. They decided that they were going to quit the job and change or move on. And, you know, you have to tell your employer, like, okay, I'm going to leave or whatever. And there's so much fear in that moment that, you know, what are they going to say? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to, like, you know, say, like, oh, screw you or whatever? But almost every time that I've heard this go down, like you said, as long as it's in good graces and, you know, you're not stupid about it. <laughs> saying, <laughs> exactly. As long as you common sense. Almost every time I've heard is the employer's like, I agree with your decision. I support you fully. And I want you to do this because I know that you would be better in the position you're going. And that's where your gifts lie. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of what I had coming out of the long-term care pharmacy that I was in. Because like I said, I've had ties with this pharmacy for years and years. And my boss like knew me since I was a kid. And you know, he gave me this opportunity when I was coming out of the medical marijuana dispensary. He sort of honestly created that position for me. He didn't really need me per se, but he was like, you know what? Like I could use another person. I know your work ethic, like just come on in, you know? So when I was making that change, I was terrified because I was like, I'm so sorry. I know that, you know, you gave me this job and I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful for it or that I hate it and I want out of it because I don't. It's just the timing of this opportunity. It sort of landed in my lap. And if I don't take it, I don't know if I'm ever going to get it again. And I don't want to be stuck in a cycle of what if, you know? And he was like, honestly, Nicole, do what you have to do. He's a pharmacist, obviously. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I was in your position once. He's like, don't worry about me. I'll get someone else. You can moonlight here if you still want to, if you still really like it. So that's what I do. I do two Saturdays there a month. And he was like, if you need anything from me, I will still be here. I'm still a resource. He's like, you do what you have to do to make yourself happy. So I was like, wow. (laughs) Okay. So he's, yeah, he's a fantastic boss. He's great. (laughs) 
I I couldn't have even like imagined like if you were thinking like okay what's the worst case scenario and the best case scenario I don't think that would have come to mind so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that made the transition a lot easier. <laughs> and I think it was well received because you were open and honest. You weren't trying to make things up or slight it or just dip out without giving notice. So I think what you said is really important if you are going to make this transition. You know, do it respectfully, give them ample time to find a replacement. And when you do that and you're just honest about it, I think most of the time that's going to be well received. So I think that's a great piece of advice. And that's just really cool that you have such a good boss like that. Yeah, I was really lucky. And like I said, coming out of pharmacy school a year ago, I didn't envision rapidly changing jobs like I have now in three completely different places. But I ended up now where I am and I love it and I am learning so much and I'm about four months into this program now and every single day I'm still like learning something I had no idea about or seeing things that I've never seen before. So that's definitely adding the element of excitement and surprise every single day. So it definitely has its benefits and I wouldn't change any of my decisions I have made with my career over this last year. Well, that's fantastic. And the fact that you love it and you're growing every day and you feel like there's so much more to learn, that feeling of growth, that's what living really is, is getting that whole sense of advancing for providing value to others and really developing yourself and your skill set so that you can help more people on a deeper level. And that's what it's all about. So that's something that you should be really proud of because like you said, that's not an easy thing to do, but you acted on it, you followed your gut and you went for it. And here you are four months in, just a little bit more to go, almost at the halfway point. And you're yeah. going to have so much more knowledge and experience, not to mention contacts in the other health professions and working together as a member of the healthcare team for the betterment of our patients. Like that's invaluable and priceless that no pay cut can really overcome. So that's really, really good. And I'm happy that you, you took that move. Thank you so much. And honestly, the funniest thing I think is that I don't even think about the pay cut anymore. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. time is moving so fast and I'm learning so much. And eventually I have to reset my gears to look for another job once I come out of the fellowship. So I'm not even really thinking about the pay cut right now. <laughs> I love that. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experience with the job change and graduating pharmacy school and all that you've went through. It's really inspiring. And I think you shared some really great points with your message that you don't have to stay stuck in a job if you don't feel like it's fulfilling anymore or it doesn't turn out to be what you thought. You can make that change. There's a lot of options with your PharmD that can take you lots of places. So, Thank you for sharing that and giving that message to everyone listening, whether you're a pharmacist or pharmacy student about to embark on that journey yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I had an amazing experience and I really hope that your listeners got something out of it because I can honestly talk about this sort of thing forever. So I really appreciate the time. Oh, absolutely. And it's clear that you're passionate about it because that just shines through. And that's what I love to have on the show is topics spoken by people who are practicing what they preach and that passion just shines through. So it's been an honor having you on the show. For people listening, if they want to engage with you or interact with you to follow your story through your job change, 
where are the best places on social media that you're active that people can connect with you? I use my Facebook. I don't know the link for the Facebook. We might have to get that from Adam because, okay, it's facebook.com slash Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-E-E. Instagram, I'm active on and also my email. So I don't know if, do I give those? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I got you. Okay, I I give those handles. Yeah, so guys, in the uh, show notes, there will be links to her social media contacts and email if you'd like to reach her. But Dr. Nicole, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for the action that you took. You did not let your passions lie dormant. You acted on them. And that's not easy and it can bring out fear. But what also comes with that is excitement and opportunity. And you looked at it in that light. And I think that you're very proud and grateful that you took action on that. So thank you so much for sharing that and inspiring those listening to do the same. Thank you so much. I had such an awesome time. Good. That was my goal. As I said, you've got to have a good time and share what you're passionate about. And I hope you guys listening felt the same. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with Dr. Nicole Zimmerman on the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. Thank you, everyone. Bye. All right, Fit Farm fam. Until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 